Let us pray. Father, even as we have just sung, stamp your image in the place of that image of Adam, the fallen man. Reinstate us in thy love. For truly that is the essence of the incarnation of your son, Jesus Christ, that we celebrate this very night. Draw us into your presence. Draw us more fully and closely to you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, please be seated wherever you are, and good evening to everyone. We are so glad that you've joined us for this live stream service of All Saints Church and the Spring or the Franconia Springfield Mission together. And we are, I am personally so excited for the folks at the Franconia Springfield Mission to be joining us. And we look forward to more partnerships, Father Morgan, in the, the days to come. In the scripture account, the birth of Jesus, of the birth of Jesus and the events surrounding his birth, we find many surprises, good, even wonderful surprises, which were all part of God's plan. God's plan to bring his son, our savior, into the world. But then there were other surprises that were sad and even tragic, such as the flight of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus to Egypt. Herod's order to slay the innocents, the innocent baby boys. There were surprises that we talked about last Sunday, especially as they relate to Mary. Mary having the angel Gabriel come and announce to her that she was with child, although she had never known a man. The surprise continued as Gabriel told her that this child was the son of God and that he would be ruler of a kingdom that would never end and eternal rather than simply an earthly kingdom. Then there was the surprise that Mary's relative Elizabeth was also expecting, that Elizabeth was with child, even though she had never been able to have children and was now past childbearing age. In St. Matthew's Gospel, we read of Joseph's surprise in learning that Mary is with child. And this surprise to Joseph came as an angel appeared to him in a dream and communicated essentially the same thing that the angel Gabriel had personally told to Mary. And then there was the incredible surprise that Jesus the Christ, the eternal king, was not born in the center of power in Jerusalem. Rather, as the prophet Micah foretold, he was born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 reminds us, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. Despite Micah's prophecy, it was a surprise, and although it was the most important birth in all of history, it was missed, or even simply overlooked by most people amidst the hustle and bustle and crowds caused by the mandatory census that was taking place. Another huge surprise was that this momentous birth was first announced to shepherds. Shepherds living out in the fields with their flocks, tending to their sheep. Shepherds, shepherds, men who were on the fringes of culture 
and society, perceived as being, if you will, a part of the seedy side of society. They weren't trusted. Their testimony was often not even considered valid in court. They were excluded from temple worship because as prescribed by Old Testament law, because their working with animals made them ceremonially unclean. But to them, to these humble shepherds, an angel appeared. And they're the first recipients of the announcement of the birth of the Savior in Bethlehem. I know I've used it before, and I'll probably use it again, but I love the quote of the late Trappist monk Thomas Merton, where he writes in his book, The Seven-Story Mountain, there were only a few shepherds at that first Bethlehem. The ox and the ass understood more of the first Christmas than the high priests in Jerusalem, and it is the same today. Then there was one more big surprise. We see it in our reading from St. Luke's Gospel in verses 13 through 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. A great company, a multitude of angels, as St. Luke records, appeared, praising God and proclaiming to the shepherds and to us, also to each of us, a message. One message with two central thoughts. First, the angels sang and declared praise to God, glory to God in the highest. They gave God glory. Here, in Luke, they specifically offer him praise in the presence of the shepherds because of what God is doing, what is happening in that very moment. The Savior, the Redeemer of all humanity is being born. The eternal Son of God, Jesus the Christ, is coming into the world as a man. And in him, in him alone, the hopes of the shepherds, the hopes of everyone in that day, and the hopes of everyone, including you and me and the rest of human history, lie. In that baby, Jesus the Christ, born in Bethlehem. The angels proclaimed God's glory, now revealed in human flesh and blood in the Christ child. And the angels pointed the shepherds to God, and they, these shepherds then too declared God's glory as it was revealed to them. Luke 2 verse 17 reminds us, and when they saw it, speaking of the shepherds, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Like those shepherds, God calls you and me, brothers and sisters, to also marvel at the wonder of all that has come to pass through the birth of Jesus the Christ. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 16, we are reminded, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, the idea of grace instead of grace. Grace for grace. And I think that is an important thing for us to remember in this season, in this unusual season where we celebrate the birth of our Lord but we're also navigating many hardships in our culture with COVID-19. That God, as we trust him, calls us to give him glory. God offers us who trust in him 
grace upon grace. And from the fullness of that grace, each one of us who knows and lives for Christ has received. Nothing in this season, nothing in this time alters the reality that God's glory is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And all our hopes and all our longings and all our desires are met in him and in him alone. The angels also announce something else to the shepherds. Something which really grows out of the first thing that was announced and is directly related to why they are praising God. On earth, peace among those with whom he, with whom God is pleased. In heaven, praise to God. On earth, specifically peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Who is this that they are speaking of? And what is this peace of which the angel spoke? The fact is, brothers and sisters, that every single one of us can be a recipient of this grace and favor, God's favor that is spoken of. God offers that to each one of us. Again, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said, Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. But we, all the people, only experience the full wonder of Christ coming into the world as we fully embrace him as Savior and embrace the message and the life that he brings. Through Jesus Christ, each of us can know as a reality right here, right now, even in this very moment, God's favor resting upon us. We're not talking here about some kind of temporal, materialistic favor anchored to the things of this world, but we are talking about a favor and a blessing and a measure of God's grace that is beyond human comprehension, something that is otherworldly, that is from the kingdom of heaven and is not tethered in any way to the temporal realities of this life. The favor which God brings to pass in our lives through Christ is something exceedingly more profound and wonderful than this. We can know peace, his peace, God-given, supernatural peace, peace that passes understanding, peace that isn't based on the realities or the challenges or the hardships of this world. And we can know peace with God. Peace with God where there is no longer enmity between us and God, our creator, because through our redeemer, Jesus Christ, he has bridged that gap. And as Ephesians 2.14 tells us where St. Paul writes, for he, speaking of Jesus himself, is our peace. Peace with God. Peace in good times and peace in times of trial and testing. Peace with our fellow human beings as we live out the reality of the grace of God and the transforming power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And all of this, all of this is found, it is only found through fully embracing that child, Jesus the Christ who was born in Bethlehem, the night we commemorate even now. It begins by experiencing God's peace, experiencing the reality of his favor resting upon us as we respond to the good news of the gospel proclaimed through Jesus Christ. That good news in which God demonstrates his great love for us. 
as he provides the only way for right and true living relationship with him. So my question tonight as we conclude is this, really twofold. Do you know that peace? Do you know the reality of Jesus as the Christ, as the Savior of the world, as your Savior and as your King? And can you say, along together with us, can we say, glory to God in the highest? We can, because Scripture says that we can. We can give God glory because He is worthy of praise and honor. He is worthy of worship and adoration, regardless or despite the things that this life may bring from us. Nothing in this world alters the reality of God's glory. And nothing in this world can steal or rob from us or alter the reality that he offers us peace. No matter what the circumstances. And that peace comes through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we pray that your name would be glorified even on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that our lives would bring you glory, that our lives would point to you, to the awesome wonder of who you are, for your incredible love for us and what you have accomplished through your son, Jesus Christ. So Father, we pray even in this time, May we, even for the first time or if it's been many years since we first turned toward the reality of embracing the gospel, may we more fully embrace the gospel even this very evening. That you would continue drawing us to yourself and that you would fill us with your peace and your presence. Peace with you. Peace despite the trials of life and peace with our fellow brothers and sisters and people in the world by your grace, the fullness of your grace that you have poured upon us. We are so grateful. We give you thanks and we give you praise. And we pray all these, these things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.